on this episode of TR Talk. Well, right. So I'm going to just uh, put my my big intention out on your podcast because this is what I Hear wake it. up every day and tell people, tell myself, but also with friends. Come on, Barb. Uh, but my goal with the media company is I'm Oprah for sales. That's that's Ooh. who I am. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> Do this now. Right. So okay. I'm. I'm Oprah for the for for sales for the for the sales and business world. But um, all all kidding aside, I've thought that for years. And why not? Because she's somebody that I really respect, and and she's huge, right? And so I wanted to give myself a visual. And so I think about that. And I've, in in conversations with people, I've said that, and everybody gets a chuckle, but they get it, right? And it helps mm. keep me really focused on what I want and and mm. uh, and and something you know that I can aspire to. So there you go. I've said it and on your show. It. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the TR Talk podcast, where we help millennials to fast track their personal development and kick ass. Tommy Tahoe Lamo, alongside my co-host Ryan Warner. And we have a good interview today with our friend Barb Giamanco. Barb is a keynote speaker, best-selling author, and sales and social media strategist. She's consistently been recognized as one of the top 25 most influential leaders in sales and was recognized as the top 65 women in business alongside folks you may have heard of, Melinda Gates, Sheryl Sandberg, Ariana Huffington, uh, Barb can speak from the trenches. You know, she was a uh, former exec at Microsoft and now runs her own business. And we go deep onto this one. We talk, you know, the first half, it's kind of a two part episode, really. The first half is tactics. If you're in sales, it's a must. It's about prospecting, it's about social selling, it's about how to hit your numbers consistently. The second half is all about mindset. And we kind of went off the beaten path here. And Barb talks about her ambitions, her goals, the mindset, some great book recommendations. I mean, she absolutely uh, killed it there and you know, really happy that she went down that path. Um, but a few housekeeping items before we get to the interview. First and foremost, the TR Talk Fan of the Week, Kevin, Cray G, KG, Garcia. She's been asking for it. And she's earned it. She's shown a lot of support, Craig G. A lot of love for you. Keep on keeping on. Another piece of housekeeping for you. This is one of the last uh, consistent episodes that Ryan and I are co-hosting. Hope you really like this one. Put a lot into it. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, this is very important. Please, wherever you're listening to this, you can subscribe. You can rate. Share it out on social media and head on over to tomalamo.com. Got some new features for you. We have full show notes on every episode, right? So, our thoughts on what happened out there. Um, we have, you know, all the podcast episodes, a newsletter that's going out every single month body, mind, craft. What are we doing on a monthly basis to get ourselves better? We'd love to hear from you. We might put some more things on in there. Um, so you can get everything over there at tomalambo.com. Please support if you find any value here. Uh, but now, without further ado, let's bring it to the Oprah of Sales herself, Barb Giamanco. 
All right, Barb Giamanco, welcome to TR Talk. Good morning. Good morning, and thanks for having me here, guys. Yeah, happy to happy to be here. This is uh, Tom Alamo alongside my good buddy and co-host Ryan Warner. Um, for everyone listening, and so Barb, we know that uh, a major push for you right now is your Women Women in Sales podcast you launched uh, a few weeks ago. Episode one was with loyal uh, member of the TR Talk Nation, Christina Stone. Powerful Christina Stone. Powerful Christina Stone. We love that one. So what inspired <laughs> you to launch the Women in Sales podcast? Uh, that is a great question. So what inspired it? This is actually a passion I've had through the years to help support women in business and certainly women in sales. So that's always been important to me. And through the years, I've noticed as have some of my colleagues, that often women are underrepresented when it comes to speaking on conference stages, being mentioned in guru lists, being interviewed on podcasts or in articles. And so I've always tried to do my part to help make sure that women are getting that kind of visibility. And then in late October of last year, I saw yet another guru list. And with all due respect to my male counterparts, including you and Ryan, Tom, the <laughs> list was pretty much all guys. And I was like, come on already. And it was the same guys, the same names that we see over and over again. And I said, okay, this is just wrong. Now, I'm not a complainer, so I thought, well, what can I do that would be positive? So what I did was I went to LinkedIn, I created a post called Follow These Pound Women in Sales, and I started my list with the women that I knew personally, that I was connected to, that I've already interviewed, that I talked with. So I think that started with about 100, 120 names. And then I started sharing that, asking all my colleagues to start weighing in with the women they knew in sales within a matter of weeks that list grew to over 300 so then I said all right then the next step obviously is to interview the women and I thought I would do it as part of my regular razor's edge podcast and as I thought about it a little bit deeper I said no this needs its own standalone podcast it needs its own platform for women in sales and so that's what I'm doing I'm interviewing women in sales positions all across the in companies all across the globe and they can be at any level they could have just started in sales five months ago or maybe they're an executive in a major corporation didn't matter to me I just wanted to give a platform for women like Christina who by the way was my first interview and she was awesome yeah that was a great that was a great interview and I, I like the the thought of doing you know, people of all different levels and get their different perspectives. Um, I think that's an interesting take and, and just kind of get the feel for everyone. I'd, I'd be Absolutely. curious to know, I'd be curious to know, obviously for anyone that's listening can tell, uh, you know, Ryan and I, we're both men. Uh, we're both <laughs> men in sales in their <laughs> mid twenties. So, um, but I'm all for the cause of, Hey, we want the, whoever the best candidate is for the job or for the promotion or whatever it is, whether it's man or woman or, you know, whatever race or anything like that, it, it, the best candidate should get the job. And I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, I'd be curious what you think generally are like the major misconceptions that men like us may not know about women in sales or women in business in general. Well, first, let me just say that I, I don't think that 
men or, you know, are leaving us out intentionally. Uh, there is a lot to be said for women being much more proactive in getting themselves out there, asking for opportunities to be interviewed, going to conference organizers at associations in their local community and ask, hey, is there an opportunity for me to speak? So I think that's that's important for women to know, but also for men to know. I mean, I think from a from from for all of us, we need to think about expanding our horizons, if you will, uh, expanding our tribe. So if somebody asks you, you know, hey, I, let's say I come to you, uh, Ryan, I say, Ryan, who do you know that would be a good speaker uh, to talk about sales prospecting? Then I would encourage Ryan to think beyond just maybe the, the core circle of people he knows and think bigger, like who else should we know? So when I thought about putting this list together, the truth of it is it helps all of us. It helps all of us, uh, you know, because myself included, there are always more people to get to know. Um, but the truth is a lot of women spend the time doing great work, but they're not necessarily out there being proactive, building their personal brand. And so that was one of the three goals for the podcast, was to give them that opportunity. I mean, the two of you, Tom, you and Ryan are a perfect example of what I'm talking about. The two of you have gone out and started your own podcast. I've seen lots of, of guys at all levels doing that kind of thing. Um, my Razor's Edge podcast, 98% of the requests I receive from people who want to be guests are men. Mm. So really the message is, guys, think about how can you get to know more women in sales and ladies, you need to step up and be more proactive about putting yourself out there. Got it. No, that's good advice. And I, I think coming into that was something where Tom and I were just, you know, generally curious about um, what some of those misconceptions are. Um, so, you know, speaking of putting yourself out there and, you know, getting out in the network. You know, I, I just came into a new sales territory, Barb. I know we talked about this before the call, and I'm putting together a, you know, putting together an account plan. From a social selling perspective, I'm coming into a new territory. It's a new sales year. What are some things I should be doing, you know, getting into the nitty-gritty? Like, what platforms should I be following? Should I be creating lists? You know, what are some things you like to talk about there? You bet. That's a great question. So one of the things that I do, you know, whether I'm building a new base or going after a new client market, which are kind of them for the podcast, if you will, because that's being supported by sponsors. So what I suggest to people is, first of all, look at look at your territory patch. Um, and if that patch has named accounts, right, if you have a specific list of accounts, that's an easy place to get started because you can go into uh, LinkedIn, even with the free version, and you can go and, you know, pick maybe the top targets and follow those people because when you follow them on their profile if they're sharing uh, content and you know you'll you'll see those things pop up in the notifications window if you're using LinkedIn Navigator which is a paid service you can go a little bit deeper and you can save those people as leads and then you'll get automatic alerts if they're mentioned and you can see what kind of content they're sharing and then uh, Navigator will also surface people who are connected to those individuals you're trying to reach that might also be considered leads um, but let's assume you're just working with the free platform and if you're in B2B sales you definitely want to be using LinkedIn as your major platform um, my sort of one-two punch is both LinkedIn and Twitter 
I do have a Facebook page for the business. I do have an Instagram account, but Instagram tends to be more personal for me, and then my normal Facebook page tends to be more personal. You know, when you think about the platform, um, what you just asked about, Ryan, the important thing is to don't worry about what somebody says is hot or cool. What's important is to figure out where your buyer is likely to be. So bottom line on the technology is figure out, you know, from a social point of view, where your buyer is likely to be. Uh, also, don't underestimate the power of Twitter for your prospecting because I go and follow the people that I'm trying to do business with. I find ways to share or comment on their content. I mean, you got to love Twitter. There's no gatekeeper. I can talk to anybody. Mm. And then I also break down. Uh, lists. So I have some specific prospecting types that have created Twitter lists so that I can just watch that content. Um, so that's, you know, that's that's the first thing I would do is kind of organize myself by figuring out where's the buyer likely to be, go follow their LinkedIn profiles, see who they're connected to, um, you know, how can I kind of broaden my reach. And then the next phase would be thinking about how you're going to proactively do outreach to try and get on their radar. Yep. And so I think an important thing is being where they are. And I think a lot of people, if they haven't done social selling before, would potentially go to someone's Twitter, prospect number one, see they tweeted about something and say, great post. You want to meet about purchasing XYZ software? Oh, or they'll no. send them an in-mail and say, hey, you know, saw your title as VP of XYZ or you're the CMO or the CIO. Can we talk for 15 minutes? And it's so, it's, it's such, I think the reason why people don't pick it up personally, I'd, I'd love to get your take on this, is that most of social media is instant gratification. You can see what people are doing. You can engage with them. You can keep your mind occupied for hours and hours. But when you're selling on social media, it's very far. It's actually playing the long game. It's building up a long-term relationship. It's building up your credibility with them. And it could take dozens and dozens of thoughtful and timely engagements before anything's ever going to happen. I think that's why most people don't stick to it. Well, right. And so let's clear something up right now. Unless you're selling a pack of gum, forget social media sales is a long game and the yeah. the more expensive your solution is and the more stakeholders are involved in that buying decision you do not just meet somebody and then they buy from you. That is not going to happen if you go and meet them personally at a networking event. Um, it, it you know, it's maybe not going to happen if you happen to be successful. You're making the outbound calls and you get somebody on the phone. Social is no different, but you do raise a really good point because one of the reasons why people do have epic fails on social is because they confuse personal use of social media to talk to their friends and get that instant gratification versus using the tools strategically to drive some very specific business and sales results. And, and to be honest with you, it doesn't actually have to take that long, but if your approach is to connect with someone and they accept your connection request, let's say on LinkedIn, because it's not, you know, on Twitter, they don't have to necessarily accept you. Um, I mean, you can just follow them. Um, but if you connect with somebody on LinkedIn and then the next thing you do is send them a sales pitch, almost everybody, including myself, just turns right around and deletes. 
And and see, we also have the problem with, with email. That's the same problem there too, right? People are getting a hold of an email address and they're sending these emails. Well, what does that first interaction usually look like? 99.9% .9 of the time, it's a sales pitch and lengthy at that for the most part. And most of them not well thought out. And so it's not tailored to the buyer. And then people sit back and go, well, I don't understand why nobody responds. Well, because you don't give them a good reason because you're focused on you and not them. Yeah, and I I would agree with that. And, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think of um, mixing in other plays along with social like we were talking before this and you said i mean you were saying that you know uh, there's certain days that you do prospecting for you know the podcast and for your business and i think a lot of people would probably be surprised to hear that and i think there's a lot of truthfully i think there's a lot of you know sales thought leaders that are you know talking about these topics but they haven't prospected in 10 years or they haven't been do they haven't been in the you know carrying a bag for you know 20 years and so it's hard to you, know, you kind of have to take what they say with a grain of salt but knowing that you know you're prospecting on a weekly basis probably multiple days a week like i'd love to hear you kind of riff on that and you know why it's so important to make that such a heavy focus of your of your day and of your week absolutely so first of all let me just say that the phone is still excellent technology and i know sometimes people don't want to pick up the phone they want to try and lead with emails when they're trying to reach people so let me just tell you so i do combine offline and online strategies one offline strategy is well technically we're online because we're talking on go to webinar but um you know i'm not on social media is the point here but interviews you know get a chance to get yourself interviewed so that people can get a sense of your experience and your expertise uh, I still today look for opportunities in my local community I'm here in Atlanta Georgia there are business associations and sales groups and you know they're always looking for speakers they're always looking for people to be a panelist so I look for opportunities and if my core client is part of that group then I'm going to reach out and see if I can have an opportunity to speak because if you think about it, if you can get in front of 60 people in a room and have 30 minutes to kind of top, talk on a topic, they are now getting a sense of who you are and the experience you bring to the table. So I use those kinds of strategies. Um, I don't like to do what we traditionally call cold calling. And people love to argue about these, and I would say to everybody who's listening, stop arguing about all that junk. It doesn't really matter. Find what works best for you. I personally don't like to just call strangers out of the blue. Um, what I will do instead, you know, in keeping with what we were talking about is social, you know, if I've got 10 or 15 people I want to make sure that I, I connect with, and I've tried a few things on social, now I'm going to try the outreach on the phone. Well, I'm going to get to know through their profile a few things that I might be able to lead with. Again, thinking about what I can do that's going to be of value to them. Uh, I do email campaigns, and I'll share one with you that I did a few months ago because I wanted to write a blog post about something I'd seen related to chief marketing officers. And one article talked about how they are the CEO, the, the CEO's superpower, but like the very next day when I got the Harvard Business Review, there was a whole big thing on how CMOs aren't lasting in that role. And I thought, hmm, I'd like to get the, the opinions of some of these, these CMOs. And so I went to 25 CMOs, only knew three personally, 
but I crafted a very targeted specific message. I told them about the articles. I told them I wanted to get their opinion. I was writing a blog post. Uh, might do a webinar and maybe invite them as guests. Would they be interested? Do you know that in 24 hours, 50% of those people actually booked a meeting to talk to me? Okay, um, within the next couple days, almost everybody in the, on the list. Now, before anybody says, Barb, that's different because you're asking their opinion about a blog post, I would say, no, it's not different. That's an excellent example of a great first touch point, finding a way to give somebody something of value first. You could do that with a trending report. You could do that with some new industry insights you've just come across. The point is when you make it about something that the other person will find useful or valuable, then that opens the door to the conversation and that's what we're trying to do is open that door. So I'm kind of using that mashup of social, the telephone, emails, and then, you know, just getting out into the community, finding opportunities to speak or be interviewed, etc. Yeah, I, I, I just want to chime in there. I think even if you're selling, um, you're trying to sell that you know, product or service, reaching out with, with something else at first, um, you know, getting them to comment on a, a, a blog article or something like that. That's an interesting approach. I just wrote that down. It's something I might leverage myself. Because um, what you said earlier really jumped out. You know, like on social, you would never leave with an email asking for something right away. But an email we do. I mean, almost every first email I send, I'm asking for something. Um, so it's interesting how you think about in social, you don't do that, but an email you do, and maybe we shouldn't. Um, and that's a great example of how you can reach out without asking for like a meeting or like a sale or, or something like that right away. It's a, it's good to build that trust. Well, I remember when we had Gabe Larson on the show, he was talking about how he was an easy target. He has a podcast of his own and he was right. saying, if you want to sell to me, get me a guest for my podcast. And he said a few people had done that and said, Hey, get my C here's my CEO. You can have him on the podcast. And they didn't ask for the meeting then, but that was kind of their initial plug at the sales point. It's like, if you're going to get me your CEO to come on my podcast. Like, you know, I'm much more happy to take a, take a sales call with you. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, like right. It's like, it's, I'm a, I'm a pound give first kind of person always have been before we even had social media. I've been in sales for a very long time. Even before I looked for opportunities, you know, could I send somebody an article that I thought would make sense? And I did it with a handwritten note and snail mail. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. the, diff the thing is if you're looking to try and stand out and by the way, Ryan, unfortunately a lot of people, do take the sell first approach through email, but when they don't get any results, then they go over to social media and then think that's where they can do it. I've had people come in to, uh, like say a status update or a post I put on and, you know, they don't comment or contribute to the discussion, you know, or they think they are, um, but they drop in like, oh, well, that's exactly the reason why we created this product. To da -da 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 -da. And, and I've come out and called out people on that stuff sometimes and said, you know, little self-serving there. This is not really the place to be trying to sell your stuff. Um, so it's really important. And, and I think what hangs people up and listen, I, I have a little more. Um, I have a little more latitude because there's not a manager breathing down my neck with a quota. But I've got bills to pay. I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got a dog to feed. You know what I mean? So uh, we all have goals we need to meet. And I think what people don't understand is that rushing the process doesn't help you because you might inadvertently just stop yourself cold. Like if you annoy somebody, email, phone, you know, social, whatever, you probably aren't going to get a second chance. 
So taking a step back and saying, what can I do to be helpful first? Honestly, that that moves you along more quickly. It's like very counterintuitive, but it's so true because now you started the conversation. People aren't stupid. They know if you're in sales, but you don't have to come at them with the pitch, right? If you want to build the relationship, if you really want them to do business with you, find a couple opportunities to be helpful first and go from there. Yeah, I, I love it. putting the putting them first um, and finding unique ways to add value. And if, if that means that you need to, you know, go a, a channel and, and start a podcast or start a blog or put content out or add value to the marketplace in some way, I think that's a big way to differ, differentiate when that, you know, C-suite person has 100 calls and emails that from sales reps that are trying to reach them. I think you can separate yourself quite a bit when you're putting yourself out there and doing different things. And I know personally that, you know, the podcast itself, we've been doing it for about six months and it's helped to um, differentiate me a little bit. I mean, we, I talk about it with my customers actually quite frequently um, where I'm 24, I look like I'm 18, but it's a way to differentiate myself <laughs> a little bit from the rest of those, uh, you know, same sales reps just by doing something like this. So, um, well, and what you're doing is what you're doing is you're providing educational content that has value to people. And so I started doing podcasting a long, long time ago. I started with a little radio station here in Atlanta because I always knew that interviewing people is something that I very much enjoy. It helps expand your network. It gives you an opportunity to learn from so many other people. But I also have used it as part of my content marketing strategy because it's 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 easy for me, right? And and while I'm thinking about that, when people are thinking about content, once again, don't listen to other people who say you must do this or you must do that. Figure out what you enjoy and what you're good at. If you That's awesome. That's a good little tip. Uh, so we're going to pivot here quickly to a few rapid fires before we head off okay. uh, in our separate paths for the morning. Um, so I'm gonna I want to kick this off. Uh, and be selfish and push Ryan out of the way here. Um, <laughs> one thing I'd love to hear from you, um, you know, you've, you've grown your business for, you know, I think it's 17 years now, 2001, when you, you left Microsoft and you're doing a lot of new things. I'd be curious, what do you think is one thing that's holding you back from reaching the next level? What's holding me back from reaching the next level? Yes. What's holding me back from reaching the next level? Uh, well, I would say that one thing that held me back a little bit until I finally decided that last year I was just going to go for it is I had, had built a, a pretty strong book of business, not just around consulting and, and sales and social. And I knew that wasn't as interesting for me anymore. And I had known this since about 2015, but it was good money. So where I really wanted to get to is to be offering more media services. I wanted companies to to contract me to actually host their programs, their webinars, their podcasts. And I was starting to do that, but I kind of had one foot in and one foot out. So I would say that that held me back a little bit until last year when I just said, that's it, I'm out. I have great relationships with some other training companies. And um, and so any business that, you know, kind of comes my way, I will send it their direction. But last year, I just stopped actively marketing training programs. So I think sort of the fear of making that shift, like, okay, I really believe in this. I really want to be doing more media. I want more sponsors for the podcast. But also knowing that I was going to temporarily give up some revenue um, scared me a little bit. And I don't mind saying that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think it's it goes to the point of you know being able to to take a chance and you kind of uh went all in on yourself. I mean, you you already are with your business, but in the sense that you had an idea, you think that that's where the greater long-term approach is both in your happiness and then probably also financially um, to take a, a, a hit in the short term. Absolutely, without question, because I still want to be a voice in the sales profession. I'm always going to be an evangelist. I'm always looking at future trends. Yep. And and for a variety of reasons, I didn't feel I was making the kind of impact I really wanted to with training programs. But through the podcast, through the interviews, through talking to people at all levels globally, that allows me to 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 feed this desire to be part of our profession and keep working to make it better. And it's way more fun. And you know what? The gamble has paid off because now I've got people coming at me like, how can we sponsor your podcast? You know, how can we do this? What I say, well, okay, I've already got a, a couple, but you know, we could, you could sponsor this or, you know, I've got companies who've been hiring me now for the last two years to host their webinars. So I think it's, you know, I think it's like anything. If you really believe at some point, you just got to take the risk and go for it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I, I, and I thought it all through. I'm a pretty big risk taker, but I thought, well, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Well, in a, in about two years, you'll exhaust your savings if nothing comes in the door, and then you'll know that you really screwed up. <laughs> so I finally just said, hey, you're a salesperson. What's the worst that can happen? You know, if it's not working out, then you can shift. Yep. No, that, that fear-setting exercise is, is pretty powerful to do. Um, it's just inspiring to hear you talk about making that, that leap, um, you know, well, you know, what, 14, 15 years into running your own business. Love it. Well, here's a, here's a question for me, Barb. Um, I'm a big book, big book guy. I'm a terrible reader, but I, I love books. Um, so if you were, if you were, you know, knew you're going to be marooned on an island, so to speak, and you had three books you could take with you for the rest of your life, it doesn't have to be three. It could be one. It could be a couple. What are some of the more influential books you read that you would take with you? Uh, well, first would be Ernest Holmes, Science of Mind. Uh, the second, what is that one? Science of Mind. Science of Mind. Uh, the second would probably be um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And Ooh, that's a sweet spot for Tom. He's got excited. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of anything that is all about, um, you know, uh, law of attraction and, you know. So thing, I think the third one I would take actually is one by um, my friend Tim Herson uh, that I, I just love and I don't think it's ever going to go out of style and it's called Think Better. And mm. it's 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 a uh, it's recently came out. I think it had been already been out for about 10 years or so. Um, but it really does teach you how to think about things in a different kind of a way. Because often when we're trying to get from, say, point A to point B, like I was thinking about making this shift, right, more into media. And I knew I loved it, but could I, would I be successful in having people support it uh, monetarily? And, you know, his book really is about the process of thinking. And often we kind of shut ourselves down from getting to the next level because as we're kind of going through it, we're like, well, I could do this, I could do that. You know, we default to like these basic answers and we don't go deeper. So that would be the third book, Think Better. Awesome. And uh, on the point of Think and Grow Rich and the Law of Attraction, I just read a book called The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. Have you heard of that? Oh, yes. I've read pretty much every book. <laughs> Get my 
Professor Dyer a, ever written. Yep. I was, I was going crazy reading that. I, I heard about it um, listening to a podcast with Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx, and she's the youngest female billionaire, I think, in the world or the U.S. Oh, um, yeah. She's an Atlanta crazy. girl. Anyone, anyone that's uh, interested or might be interested in the law of attraction or using um, you know, your mind to and your, your mindset to help accomplish your goals and things like that, it's an incredible book. I, I had to give that a plug because I actually just finished it last night. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I mean, I love, you know, anything Andrew um, uh, Dale Carnegie has written. So I've got a ton of business books, but I'm also a very, it's a very important part of me and my DNA to be focusing on how can I improve myself as a person, um, you know, and spiritually. And, you know, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a big believer that thoughts are things. And so, I mean, if you even think about it, Henry Ford years and years and years ago said, uh, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. And that's, that's right there, right? If you, if you believe you can do something, it will happen. I think what I want people to understand, and all these great writers from many years ago have said, where I think a lot of people get hung up in modern society today is if they can't figure out the how, then a lot of times they'll give up, but sometimes you're just gonna be led to how it's gonna all come together in ways you couldn't imagine. So the okay. Women in Sales podcast is a perfect example. I knew I wanted to support women. I've been doing that for a long time. I've been recommending women for interviews and all this kind of thing. But I wasn't sitting around saying, oh, maybe I should do a podcast for strictly women. It just kind of evolved because it's something I believe in and I wanted to help women. And then look how it all kind of came together. But I think well, often I've just known people who are like, well, Barb, yeah, I want this as a goal, but I, I don't see the steps to get there. And then they shut themselves down. And that's sad. Mm -hmm. As Steve Jobs would say, that's connecting the dots backwards. And a mm -hmm. former guest far as Jed Collins pointed that out. But it's see yourself where you want to be. Is it a year, 10 years, whatever it is. And then do things that are going to put you in that position. So if you say, I want to make a million dollars, I want to be a VP, I want to be a better uh, you know, spouse to or a better, you know, husband or wife, or whatever it is, you put that end goal in mind. And then you say, all right, well, if I want to be that, if I want to make a million dollars, let's start doing things that are going to put me in that direction. And you're not sure it could be a podcast. It could be you're stick, you're sticking in sales. You could be an entrepreneur and that path is going to lead you in a different direction. But if you have the end goal in mind, you're going to, you're going to find yourself there. If you focus that. Absolutely. Well, there is, you know, regardless of your faith or what you believe in, there is something greater than ourselves. And there is a serendipity that is that that happens in the world. And I know that when I made determinations about something I wanted to do is amazing to me. If you just stay open every single day, it's amazing how sometimes opportunities just creep up but if you're not open to it you may miss it right and that's yeah. part of what what Wayne Dyer talks about with power of intention you know you've got to you've got to be open to it if you just decide well I can't see how I'm gonna get there so I'm not gonna try well that's I mean that's how funny. sad is that <laughs> so glad that we talked about this and, and we, we have to um, you know wrap this in a second but I'm so glad that we talked about it because people will ask me, you know, I've been in my role for about three years and say if someone new joins the company, like straight out of college, they're like, all right, well, like, how would you 
coach them up? They're like, what, what advice would you give to someone that's just starting out? And like how to send an email and how to make a call and all that, like the product info, like that'll come, that'll like polish out over time. But it's all the mindset. If you have someone that wants to be there and wants to focus on being successful and believes in themselves and is going to do the right actions, they're going to be successful no matter what they do. If they're going to be, uh, you know, a salesperson, if they're going to be an athlete, if they're going to be, you know, you know, anything in the world. So I think the mindset is just so huge in buying into that. Well, right. So I'm going to just uh, put my my big intention out on your podcast because this is what I Hear wake it. up every day and tell people, tell myself, but also with friends. Come on, Barb. Uh, but my goal with the media company is I'm Oprah for sales. That's that's Ooh. who I am. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Barb. <laughs> wow. Right. So okay. I'm. I'm Oprah for the for for sales for the for the sales and business world. But um, all all kidding aside, I've thought that for years. And why not? Because she's somebody that I really respect, and and she's huge, right? And so I wanted to give myself a visual. And so I think about that. And in in conversations with people, I've said that, and everybody gets a chuckle, but they get it, right? And it helps mm. keep me really focused on what I want and and mm. uh, and and something you know that I can aspire to. So there you go. I've said it and on your show. I'm excited, and that's, and that's thinking big too. You're not you're not uh, setting the bar low. I love that. For I mean, it's it's 6:52 right now in San Francisco. The sun is still not come up, and I'm ready to run <laughs> through a wall. I'm ready to do this thing. Let's let's get fired up. It's Monday morning. Come on now. Well, you guys have really from the mouth right now. Well, you both have really helped, right? I mean, you've really helped kick off my day too. But you know, that's that's the thing. We there are a lot of things in our world and our environment we're not in control of, but we're in control of our own attitude, our mindset, how we think. And you know, sales is a great profession, and you can't take things personally when sometimes you know, the, the, the opportunity doesn't go the way we think it will. It's okay. You just got to know that if you really believe, then, you know, something else opens up. It's like one door closes, another one opens. And I'm a firm believer of that. I think that anybody who's successful in sales over the long term is largely successful because they really do have that positive attitude and that mindset of like, hey, I can do anything. And sometimes we get a no, but most of the time we get yeses. Love it. So I think that's the perfect way to to wrap this up. The last question would be, where can everyone find Barb Giamanco on social media? And I, I would give you a free tip here from from me is that I think you should change all your social media profiles to the Oprah of sales, but that's just me. <laughs> but that's just me. Okay. Well, maybe I will. Right. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I, maybe I will. I don't know. Would I get in trouble from Oprah for, you know, copywriting her name? I don't know. Um, maybe I will be, but I'm, I'm definitely putting it out there, but uh, people can reach me. I'm at, Barbara Giamanco uh, on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn. Certainly my blog is barbaragiamanco.com. And while you're there, you will see the interviews. You'll see links to the podcast. And I encourage you to follow the Women in Sales podcast and get subscribed because we've got some great uh, women who have already come on the show and many, many, many more to come. And by the way, the guys are listening too. And they're, they're, they're letting me know that they're digging on the interviews. So it's cool. And there she is, Barb Giamanco, coming in hot, the Oprah of sales. I absolutely love it. I love the enthusiasm, love her willingness to get out there and, and 
the courage to speak her intention there. So thank you to Barb for coming on. Thank you to everyone for listening this far, listening to anything that we have to say. Uh, We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to support the TR Talk podcast, if you found any value, please head on over to wherever you're listening to this. You can subscribe, rate, review, share it out on social media. You can also head over to TomAlamo.com and you will be able to see all of the show notes, the blogs, the podcasts. Check out the newsletter. There's a ton more content that you may not have right now. Give it a check. Give me a shout out. And until then, be great. Out.